0: I just take
1: this shit off. <laughs> okay. All right, ready? Mhm. All right. All right, welcome back everybody. We are back for another episode of the House Podcast in the new studio for the first episode. Episode 25, we have Alan Avgi coming at you with everything real estate related. Super super excited for today's uh, super excited for today's guest honestly. Uh I Saw him actually at JB's office, talked to him for five minutes and knew I had to have him on as a guest. Dove into his Instagram and everything that he was doing and I was actually blown away for how much he has accomplished in the real estate game at such a young age, which is super inspiring for somebody like myself who can see that in their future. Uh, he pretty much is on the quest for $1 billion worth of real estate, which I think is awesome. Uh, host of the Talk sh- the Talk Shop podcast, Author of a book, uh, and just buying every single thing real estate related you could possibly put your fingers on. So again, you know, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Wow, you just <laughs> blew that out of the water, man. <laughs>
0: we were just talking before this. I didn't expect such a grand entrance. It was awesome. You never, you never
1: know what to expect. What's going to come out first? You know. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. You no, know, but thanks for coming on. I know you're super busy. So you know, I want to like honestly dive right in because I've been itching since you've been here to kind of dive right in. So, you know, give us the first, you know, elevator pitch of, you know, quick background of who you are um, and then we'll get started. I'm
0: Alana Abke. I started in real estate uh, about five years ago now, almost five years ago. I started uh, with taking hard money loans and buying multifamily properties here in Long Island, New York. And uh, ever since I've scaled up to ground developments, um, new developments, multifamily, mixed use, commercial properties and uh, going out of state, Brooklyn. Just continuing to grow the empire and uh, that i'm excited to
1: grow every day and you're 27 25 25 so this kid is 25 years old everybody so when people tell you you can't do it i mean you can literally find the money everyone says the money is the hardest part when you're that young the money you probably would say is the easiest part and yeah. getting the deals is the hardest part yeah right so 25 years old and you have how much in real estate owned right now um north of 30 million. So, I mean, there's no reason why somebody that wants to do it can't do it if you really want to do it. Yeah, period. So, when you first started, you were buying more residential properties? Yeah, only residential. Only residential. So, to me, everybody in real estate, I always feel they get into real estate for two things. They either want to do it because they say it's a better lifestyle, and you can make your own schedule and they don't realize they're going to work 100 hours a week, or they want to use that money to be able to buy passive income and put that money to, to you so they can give it to their kids, 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 right? So when we were sp- speaking before, I asked you, do you like to b- buy houses with equity or do you like to buy and just leverage your money? And you know, as long as your cash on cash is good, you're like, I do it all. So do you have like a preference or you know, when you're looking for properties, like when you analyze the property, what makes it a property that's fit for, for you? So I look for two things. It's really how high is my cash
0: on cash, right? Is it going to be north of 12%, um, 14%,
1: whatever. So before you go, before you keep going, for the, for the people that are listening that don't know really, you know, what cash on cash return is and how, they, and how you calculate that in a basic, you know, quick formula. Explain that to them real quick. So cash on cash is basically a return on investment
0: based on the amount of cash you have in the deal, hence cash on cash. So let's assume I do a million dollar deal. And just for uh, argument's sake, I put in uh, $500,000, leverage the rest with a bank. A bank finances the other half a million dollars. And the property brings me in $50,000 a year net income after expenses, including debt. So after I pay back the mortgage, the taxes, the insurance, the maintenance, the repairs, then that's 10% cash on cash. I'm getting 10% of the amount I invested out of my own pocket in the deal every year on my investment and that only grows over time assuming there's no like ha- any hazards or anything bad comes up.
1: Yeah, so what is in your opinion a good if you're not able to do that burr model that everybody always talks about and you're looking to you know just put your money in a bank account basically instead of a bank account you're putting it into a house and you know 10 return 12 percent return what do you feel is the go-to number like it can't really be less than that to really make it worth it you see I'm, I'm working on what you
0: just described right now in a model sense so i could replicate it over and over and over again but right now i'm seeing like over 18 percent on uh, My typical deals, cash on cash, um, I'd say anything over 15% is fantastic. And I've gone as low as 9% based on the type of deal it is and where it is and the potential you know opportunities
1: there are with that deal. So when you buy some houses, do you buy them sometimes thinking, okay, I'm buying this house in an upcoming area, maybe my cash on cash is 9%, but this house is going to value-wise, is going to skyrocket over the next five, six, 10 years to where I'm going to gain, I don't know, 10, 20% in equity over the course of the house over the five years and I'll take less cash on cash because the acquisition of that house is going to go up so drastically? Yeah, that's one
0: of them, right? That's one of the things I look at. Like right now, I just bought a three-family in Massapequa. Worst deal I've done (laughs) cash on cash wise, but uh, a three-family in Massapequa is very rare. Right. right, You don't typically find three families in Massapequa. It's a fantastic area. For those of you that don't know, it's here in Long Island in Nassau County. Great place. Typical home. Sell for a fortune, as the realtor king himself can tell you. <laughs> um, so I bought this house for $650,000, okay. which is the most I paid for a three-family uh, ever. Um, I bought it at a three-cap,
1: uh, value-add nine-cap which will take a little bit over two years to so get that So explain that real quick because a lot of people won't understand, you know, when you say three cap, nine cap, you know, break it down for the simple guy that's just... Assuming never, they know th- what a cap is? Assuming they don't know what a cap
0: is. So a, a cap rate is basically the uh, net income divided by the purchase price and the renovations and whatever. There's an, a, a purchase, an as-bought cap rate. So it's like I'm buying this for a million dollars and it's going to make me $100,000 a year. That's a 10 cap right and then there's i'm buying this for a million dollars i'm putting into it another million dollars in renovations repairs closing costs and it's going to make me a hundred thousand a year that's a five cap let's assume right and now i add that value that extra million dollars a year i bought it for a million i put in another million and now the cap rate let's say i get the rent from a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand dollars a year now it's a 10 cap again right i mean that was a bad example because usually you want to put in half a million dollars and raise the rent by a hundred thousand so you're going to get you know two hundred thousand net income on a 1.5 million dollar deal so that's a value add so this deal i bought for 650 i'm putting into it say another hundred right uh i'm taking the rents from whatever they are let's say four thousand a month to ten thousand a month over the course of two years after the renovations and it's going to be a value add nine cap it'll take me two years in the meantime, my cash on cash is going to be anywhere from seven to 9% right. over those next two years, and, uh, and that's it. I mean, actually, I'm gonna be negative because I'm investing, um, but assuming I was just basing it off the rent roll in the net, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have uh, a 9% cash on cash, which is
1: low. Right, so even with the 9% being low, and you investing the money, and technically saying you're probably gonna be negative for the first two years with the investment, the upside, is still so big that it was still worth buying as the investment for you.
0: Yeah. Well, let's say you, you know, the market better than anybody. If you have a three family house, one to four family, you could sell that residential, right? Right. So if the first floor is vacant and the top two floors are getting in 6,000 a month, Mm -hmm. 6,000 a month covers your taxes, your insurance, all your utilities. Absolutely. Everything. everything. You're going to have a buyer come in there for at least 1.2. Right. You know, so my built in equity is going to be at least half a million yeah, bucks. And their could live for free. Somebody. Exactly. So I'm not going, I'm not looking to sell it. I'm not even looking to refine, pull all that money out because I don't want to be over leveraged with that one. Um, well, with anyone in right. that fact. I want the cash flow to be heavy. I want to feel good every month. I don't want to be in any situations in the future that I don't want to be in. Right. But that's just a good deal. Yeah. You know, I'm leaving money in the deal. It's OK. I'll get it back over the course of a few years. Maybe I'll refinance in five to 10 years, pull out the money that I initially put in. But by then I'll already be free, free flowing and just a good deal.
1: Right. You know, so if you can make 10 percent, you know, at least um, obviously you said 15 percent is like your go to number, but you're OK with leaving the equity in the house like you don't need to. I invested one hundred thousand dollars in rehab. I don't need to you know, refinance to pull that 100 back out. Yeah, I, I just did a deal
0: right now, and uh, a commercial deal. And commercial deals are underwritten totally different from residential deals. Um, and the income is so high. The bank offered me like $800,000 more than what I'm into it for. And and I was like, all right, here's, a, you know, where, uh, <laughs> I don't want the greed to overcome, you right. know, like, analyzing analyzing everything properly in the market and where things are going to go and potential mistakes that could happen um and vacancies like you know i don't want that dscr of 1.1 that's um the debt service coverage ratio of 1.1 i want to be above that i want to be you know cash heavy every month right i want money to come in um because i'm in a different place in life right now five years ago when like the day i started looking into this and getting started I didn't have any money. Right. So if you told me I'll get you eight hundred thousand dollars on a property, I'd yeah, say yeah. yeah, I need it. <laughs> yeah. You, you want know? that cash. But right now I have so many partners that wanna invest in deals all the time and I have to and in exchange I give up some equity. Right. The money's not an, an issue. That's okay to me right you know i'd rather not be over leveraged i'd rather be safe nobody knows what's coming over the next few years yeah, you never know um at least i don't but maybe much smarter economists do.
1: <laughs> but for you you have enough money coming in you know cash flow wise where the equity in there you're okay with tying up that money and as long as you have your money coming in you know monthly like the numbers work you're fine
0: yeah i'm happy getting at what i'm in for and maybe another 150 200,000. like that's huge to me you know, I'm good with that. Anyway, we bought uh, we bought the whole deal all cash. Right. You know, it's north of a million dollars. So to get that back in whatever time frame, let's say a year, it's a home run. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, but now I'm still going to be cash flow positive. The deal's still going to bring in a hundred grand a year
1: net after all expenses. Like it's a win win. Yeah, you can't go wrong. So you know, speaking of when you first started, obviously you were in a different situation than you were. You know, now for the. Average investor that wants to get their feet wet, right? They're starting, you know, they want to buy, you know, a single family home. They want to start getting a couple rental properties. What's your take on the best route to go? So I'm going to answer that a
0: little bit differently this time because I get asked this on like every podcast I go to. Every time somebody is on
1: Instagram, I get this DM to me. I feel like this is the one question people would, people want to know. Yeah. Like, and how do I get my feet wet? How do I get like my first two, three deals? Yeah. It's, it's a great question
0: because everybody asks it. So I guess nobody's figured it out No yet. one's
1: figuring it out. You know what? The thing with me is everybody hears it a different way. Everybody's listening online. They have all these, you know, Ryan Pineda's and all these people that are posting all these different things that you should be doing, how you should do it, burn model, buy it with equity, you know, it, cash flow this, that. Everybody gets so confused. They're like, what should I even be doing? Like, what's yeah. the right
0: way? So to answer that, there is no right way. There is no perfect way to do it. Stopping a little bitch. (laughs) Just do it. The numbers are the numbers. There's no hidden secrets. There's nothing behind the walls. A deal is a deal. The numbers are the numbers. Your cash on cash return is what it will be. And worst case scenario, you have a rental property or property going to flip that's worth something. You're not going to lose everything you ever dreamed and hoped and imagined. You're not going to die.
1: Just do it. It's that simple. Yeah, I feel a lot of people are scared to do it. You know they're investing a lot of money you know even if they're taking hard money and you're paying 10 on it like big deal like just factor it into your numbers as long as the numbers work you know and you're holding close for those six months that you if you're rehabbing it or you know if you just needed to purchase the property and then you're going to refinance it and put it into an llc or whatever like just do it but i feel a lot of people especially for myself i am so i you know talk a lot with uh, charles shout out charles handsome home buyer give him a shout out but I talk to him a lot and he's very big on, you know, he likes to buy the rundown shitbox houses, shitty areas, you know, with the bellports, all these things where, you know, section eight, he could do all the CDC programs and stuff like that. And, you know, he'll go in there, buy these houses for 50, 75, 100,000, 150,000, rehab them, brand new everything. And then he'll rent them, you know, through a section eight or a CDC have that guaranteed rent roll. Yes, it is maybe a little bit less than market value, but, first of the month you never have to worry like it's directly into your pocket so he's very big on stuff like that and then you know i have some other friends he's a total shark by the way he's He's, an animal animal's not even the word i don't know him like that we don't really know each other or you guys should talk because he when animal is not even the word the guy is an absolute machine yeah and seems like a great guy super down to earth super humble the guy makes Plenty of money and the guy will wear $20 gap jeans and a $5 t-shirt. Super, super humble, which is what makes him like really such a good person because he's so successful, but when he gets out of the car, he could have a conversation like a normal person like you and me and not think like I'm above you. Yeah, it's so important. You know, he's super humble, but you guys would do, I think you guys should definitely talk, you guys would have a lot of, a lot of stuff in common, but he's very big on that style, you know, that model. Um, he won't, I don't think at least, I don't think he buys many things that are pretty much move-in ready or turnkey. And, uh, I always like to hear people's concept on buying houses that are turnkey yeah. compared to built, you know, buying, you know, a ship box and building equity and then renting it.
0: I've plant mostly rundown properties. Um, Actually, I think me and him have competed on a few properties before. <laughs> I'm sure. And uh, But I am I have nothing against ready. You know, properties that all you have to do is bump some rents. I, uh, I like to look at every deal, you know, as its own. Does it make sense? Does it fit my
1: criteria? I want to do it. So basically, you know, because I have a buddy right now. So he's always looking to invest. He wants to get into a rental property bed, right? So I'm always like one-sided on it because I'm like, oh, I want to wait for the right property. I don't want to tie up money like i don't want to put 20 percent down tie it up and not be able to pull that money back out for quite some time because i want to be able to use in the beginning i want to use that money to go to the next project or the next project and try to get two or three or four rather than put 20 percent down then have to recoup that money to buy buy the next one you know so i'm very like one-sided towards doing like the shit box fix it up so you have that equity that you can pull out your investment back once you rent it and refi it but he's very into I don't mind, I will buy the house, I'll put tie up 20%, as long as I'm bringing in, you know, my cash flow works, he's happy. But he doesn't understand the risks yet, because he doesn't have like a, you know, a spreadsheet. I know you probably have like a spreadsheet that has a bazillion numbers to it that gives you everything, you know, so he's trying to analyze it where it's like, okay, I bring in $1,000 a month, but you're not taking into account all the things that you have to take out of that thousand before what physically goes into your pocket at yeah. the end of the month. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people miss out on, you know, you're going to have vacancy rate. No one thinks, okay, what's going to happen when the ha- when it's vacant for three months? And you, you got factor factor, to factor that in. And a lot of people don't realize if you're only making $300 a month and you're not factoring in any repairs, you have one, one boiler that breaks and it's $10,000 to fix. You're not making money for the next five years. Yeah. You know? So what do you think? right now the market the way it is how have you been getting deals because i feel we've been i work with um stacy from olex properties who actually just teamed up with charles um she does a ridiculous amount of wholesale really so she you know they have a whole call center. they're building out like a call center and everything which is awesome so her and charles are building out a call center yeah that's awesome yeah so really cool uh but a lot of sellers that they're getting in contact with that you know are in bad situations that really should just in the normal market would sell just give me a cash number and let's move forward but because they hear everything on tv oh the market's so crazy the you know the housing market there's a million house there's no inventory everybody's paying a bazillion dollars they don't want to give the house for nothing they want to put it on the market for they want they say Oh, I want 400000 from a house. Meanwhile, a year ago, they probably got two fifty. Yeah. You know, so are you seeing a lot of issues getting off-market deals that are run down because they think they should go to market? Not really,
0: because I have a team that looks for deals all day long. So if something like that pops up, it's just another one that, you know, that was just, it's just another number to us. I mean, we're underwriting hundreds of deals a day. Really? So every day, yeah, I get hundreds of deals across my desk. It's like there's, it's an endless supply. So how, what is your main point? But that has happened to me a few times, but it's like, that's, it's nothing different from when I started, you know, that happened also when I started.
1: Right. So what is your main point of bringing in deals? Like how everybody says you gotta be doing multiple things all the time to bring in a bunch of deals. So you could pick the ones that you want, you know? So what, what do you do? that bring in all these deals, like what's your top, you know, two or three things that you're doing, uh, cold calling or, you know, to bring in deals or bring in things across the desk to at least analyze to see if it's a deal. Most of my deals are relationship based with uh, brokers. Okay. They're like
0: before they list it or anything, they're sending it out to me. Uh, probably like a lot of the other investors in Long Island that make these, relationship with, make re- these relationships right. with all these brokers. Absolutely. So every day they send me tons of deals. Okay. Um, And then I have a team of seven sharks in my office that look for deals all day long and they get paid, you know, very nicely on all of them. Anything that they bring to the table. This is like looking at MLS stuff or like, you know, it could be on Craigslist, could be like all everywhere everywhere you you can imagine, they, they go out door knocking, um, they meet people in events, they do cold calling. Uh, they meet people that need specific properties. And then I, we find things, whether it's on MLS or not, and I buy them. Renovate to their liking, and they move in um, everything you can imagine. But I basically multiplied myself by seven, having these guys looped into my life. Of course, it started with one. Of course. Then it went to two, three, four. Another one brought a friend. Everybody costs money, so it's expensive to hold it together. But it feeds the business. Yeah. You know, because they they bring in so many deals. These guys. Right. It's worth it. It's as as long as they're bringing in deals, they're worth every penny. Yeah. My time is no longer like looking for the deals. It's mostly like them sending to me, my inbox just gets flooded all day long. Hey, deal, deal, what do you think?
1: Do they put it in the calculator and everything for you and just send you the spreadsheet, and be like, hey, got a deal? Or do you go in and do the spreadsheet yourself every time? It's a mix.
0: I, the analyzing the deals, underwriting them myself takes a lot of time. Uh, and I happen to do those on the big deals because I don't think they're there yet to underwrite those really big deals. But um, the smaller deals, they do send me them, spreadsheet ready. I'm also doing some flips here and there. You know, that's something new. I don't really like flips. No. Uh, it's not for me. Okay, you know? you're more a um, buy and hold. Yeah, I like buying and holding. I love, uh, yeah. I mean, transactional isn't like my favorite thing to do. Maybe one day I'll get into it and uh, and I'm actually
1: doing out-of-state stuff now, which... Good thing you brought it up. I, I wanted to bring it up. New York is so fucking expensive. Yeah. Like, expensive's not even a word anymore. Like, yeah. it's the taxes that they want to put in now. Like, the taxes now, the assessments that they want to make, like, my buddy just is rebuilding a house that he was going to live in. And the taxes came back for a new construction, $34,000. Wow. On wow. Like, like people don't even pay that in Mutt in town. Yeah. It's almost insulting. It's like, <laughs> well, I live in Wonto, I make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Like, I, I just redid my house. Big deal. Yeah. Like you want to, like 34,000? I should be paying like 15. I paid 24 grand on a house in Hempstead. Yeah. Like, how does that make any sense? Yeah. Not even like West Hempstead, Hempstead, heart of Hempstead. Yeah, I don't understand it, but I feel a lot more people now are going out of state. Yeah. Because it's cheaper. Life is cheaper. Um, What is your take on out of state? I know I was watching you the other day, actually. uh, What was I watching you on? What's the guy that owns Turnkey? Antoine. Antoine. Yeah. So I was watching a little bit of you guys. He's Uh, a great friend of mine. I was watching a little bit of you guys and I know he does like a boatload out of state stuff. He's an animal. So I was very intrigued by his stuff. I thought like the conversations you guys were having was really good. Um, What's your take on the out-of-state stuff? Is that something you want to get more into or? So yes, I am getting into it. Not want to
0: get into. I'm definitely getting into it. I've been working on it for months now. I'm working on a syndicate where people like yourself or JB or anybody that wants to invest in real estate but has a different business or something else that they're handling uh, or they just don't know, mm-hmm. you know, or can't find deals that they can invest, you know, whatever $25,000 into and get equity in it um, with me, you know, and I'd love to open that door for more people to hop in and share it with their friends and just build that network of investors um, without a state safe rental properties, quick return on your investment, quick return of capital. um not like the Grand Cardone stuff, you know. He's a longer term, ten years, fifteen years, twenty years. This is short term. That's what it takes for him, like his investors, to get their mo- to make yeah. their money back. Yep. Um, my stuff that I'm I'm trying to accomplish is like one to two years, and you still have equity and cash flowing properties. Open that different. Yeah, it's like a different door that I'd be opening for is some that, people. Is that even possible to do in New York? Yeah, I mean, you gotta find the right deals. You know, it's New York but just like anywhere you've got to find the right deals and you have to have the teams in place so out of state i'm working with strategic partners okay like antoine so antoine and i are starting this together gotcha we're starting this together we're uh, handling everything together. We've been putting the legal docs together for months now. We've been meeting up in different states. I went to Detroit. We met up in Memphis. He went to Detroit. Uh we hop on calls regularly to discuss. He seems like he knows his shit. Like he's he's like another like animal. He is. He's a total animal, ground up, started by himself, uh just like me. That's why we got along great. We're the same age. Both our girlfriends are super short. (laughs) Um they got along great. So it was like literally the perfect setup and uh, and we're both in a point in our lives where we're like, we need to scale something even bigger. I mean, he's got his model, right. Tell Turnkey, and it's growing fast. And God bless him and his family. They're
1: such good people, man. They seem he seemed like he, you know, he, he really loves what he's doing. He does like the right thing. Like yeah. that's what it's all about. It just shows like you do the right thing and you bust your ass. Like, in real estate, there's so many ways to make money. And like stupid amounts of money where you could be very comfortable for life your your kids could you know have a great life, like their kids' kids could you know the generational wealth could just the the yeah. tree just can go so deep, yeah,
0: well you're passing them a baton that's pretty hard to mess up, although many of them still mess it up, yeah it's uh much harder to mess up than just giving them you know a trust fund with millions of dollars in it, <laughs> yeah. and actually, I wanted to go back to uh something we were talking about earlier you were talking about yourself investing in a deal and you want to hold off because you want it to kick you into the next deal. Mm-hmm. Right. And I want to disagree with you because there's nothing wrong with disagreeing. No, no, yeah. nothing wrong. With I, I like to need, disagree. Sometimes
1: I need to, that's why I love having people like yourself, you know, young guy, you know, I'm 32. You're a freaking young, young, young buck. Yeah. You're still young, man. But you know, to see what you've done and what you're doing, uh, is super inspiring, you know, for somebody like myself, that wants to have that end game of have enough rental properties to sustain a comfortable living. Yeah. If you want to take the family away for a month, you don't have to worry that you can't work because your passive income is going to cover your, you know, your nut for the month. Yeah. You know, that, that, that was always my game plan. Why I wanted to get into real estate to be able to use that money to buy rental properties. So I always like to hear the difference of, you know, someone else that has done it and been successful rather than everybody that I talked to on a, on a normal basis. Cause you get to hear it from somebody else. Yeah, you're 100% right. I agree with everything you just said. Now, let me disagree with what you said before. Uh,
0: You said you want that one deal to take you on to the next deal, right? right? So that's a flip. You're not looking for
1: passive income if that's what you want to do. So I meant it in like, okay, so if I have to invest 20% to buy an investment property, so if I put that 20% down, so say I'm buying a 500k house and I've got to put down 100k. I put down that 100k if the house is, say, Needs a little bit of work. Once all said and done, maybe it's worth six hundred. Maybe it's worth five fifty. Not a lot of equity left to play, but good, you know, good, good rent that you can get. If I want to buy the next property, I still need another twenty percent. Yes. Right. So if I can't pull that hundred 100%, that hundred k out of the first deal, I have to wait to buy the second deal. But you're gonna to have to wait no matter what,
0: because there's a seizing period in real estate in rentals. So no matter what you do, you're gonna to have to wait. Now, how long have you been sitting on this? Plenty of time. That's the issue right there. You gave up on your opportunity to compound your investment. Mm. The money's just been sitting there. Right. See, this is a mistake that many people make because they're like, I'm waiting for that right deal. But then you wait till you die. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I was 20, 20, yeah. I was 20 when I did my first deal. Um, actually, I was 21. Sorry. I got a contract when I was 20. I closed when I was 21. That's awesome. Um, I bought it with hard money. I didn't even cash out refinance it, I didn't even know that that was doable. You know so much more than I knew when I was 21. I bought this deal, I focused on my business, which was e-commerce back then. Your business is selling real estate. You're right. not in the business of renting real estate. Right. Maybe in a few years you will be. Right now you're in the business of selling real estate and you're damn good at it. Thank you. you. know, so you keep focusing on selling real estate, growing your original business, taking that money and pumping it into your investments, right, right? which is your dream to have rental properties cover you for life. You let that investment compound. Cause that, that works for you. That's your girl right there. You yeah. know, like that, that's your baby. Right. That baby has to grow up and work hard and, you know, provide for itself. You're, you, you want that baby to thrive, Yeah. you know? So you have to invest in that baby, let it do its job, right? And pay you the dividends that you're giving it right now that you're paying for right now. But you can't wait for that perfect deal. Cause that perfect deal will never come by Or When it does, you've given up on 10 years of compound. Right. You could have made how many deals before that deal? Exactly. So when that deal came up, you were probably ready to go for that deal anyway. And now seasoning. So my first deal, I didn't even refinance till about two weeks ago. Really? It's been four years. <laughs> four and a half years. I just refinanced it two weeks ago. That's crazy. I bought that deal with hard money, all the money I had in my bank. I took all the money I was making from e-commerce. I lived off of breadcrumbs back then. I paid for college. I paid for my car. It was really tough. Swiping credit cards, I pushed all my money into that hard money deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, paid back the, the lender because I wanted him to lend to me again. Right. And now I had a debt free house yielding me like eight grand a month. That's awesome. You know, in gross, not net. Right. But let's say it netted 5K. Yeah, I don't it was, know. Yeah. But it netted me five grand. Right. Now I did my next deal. All my money from e commerce, digital media. I did digital media for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Took all that money and that first rental property. I just pushed it back in to the second one paid that house off, didn't even refinance that one. Yeah. So I was sitting on like, by the end of it all, after I raised money and started doing deals, as of like two, three months ago, I had like five houses with no debt. Yeah, that's them. Awesome. Um, at 25 years old, you know, and, and you're talking about millions of dollars. I just pulled that out. Right. Now I'm like, it's I'm on a different trajectory. Right, now you wanna put that, you're gonna use that, you know, throw that gas on the fire. And oh, it is, it's already yeah. like, it comes in, it goes out. Yes. It, yeah. Money comes into my
1: account I freak out Well that's what they uh, every, I, You know You're not the first person That tells me that They're like If you have money Sitting in the bank there's You're doing it wrong Yeah Like if the money's sitting in the bank It's not doing you any good Yeah
0: Like you gotta put it to work And I have, I have so many partners now They're so great I love my investors They're awesome And uh, a few of them Are major heavy hitters And they're like We need more deals Let's do more deals And I'm like I don't. I wanted to go on deal by myself, you know. And they're like, no, we're in. We're in. We're in. No no choice. We're going with you." Yeah. (laughs) So now I have I have all this money sitting in the bank that I'm putting. I'm actually investing in other people's deals right now. Right. Just so you can deploy it. Yeah. Because my deals, they're like, "We're in. We're in. We're in. We're in." That's crazy. So the money is no longer the problem, right? Scaling's the problem. Right. I need a model, a cookie cutter model that I can scale fast. Mm hmm You know, a few people have accomplished that, like Antoine, Charles, those guys. That's where I'm at now. I'm. That's where you want to get. That's where you. Working out all those. Yeah. I'm still breaking my head against the wall, you know, like (laughs) hard every day, new deal, new deal. What's the criteria? Does this work? Does that work? Maybe this one will change it up. New asset class, all that stuff. So it, this is just purely hard work. You know, now I'm building out these models. I'm working on a few and, uh, and I'm really excited to launch them. I deploy my own capital first before I deploy anybody else's. And then if it works out, I loop in partners. Um, So that's what I'm doing with out-of-state deals. That's what I did in Long Island when I got started. I put my money where my mouth is. I'm a big believer in that. If you try and raise money before you invest your own, I don't want to even have a conversation. Right. You got to have your own skin in the game. Like if if you think you're going to be able to do it, then you should have no problem putting your, your money up. First, I do deals now that I don't even put a penny into. But I mean, my track record speaks for itself. Right. So when I started, I was personal guaranteeing, millions of dollars in loans, you know, and putting in every penny I had and swiping credit cards. So today it's like if an investor wants to loop into a house and do a deal with me, it's like, you know, I'll do that with you. I'd love to do that with you, but I don't need to kick in equity because you're gonna get your money back anyway in six months, nine months, a year. Um, And I've already done, I don't know, 50 of them, you know? So that's my track record. You got results to show them like, listen, here it is, like I don't need to prove you yeah. myself anymore. Like, exactly. And then if I want better terms, if I want more equity, if I really like the deal and I get then sometimes I kick in my own money too. Right, because if you think it's like a slam dunk like I wanna have a little bit more, okay I'll pony up some extra. But I still want my partners to be part of it, you know, and make
1: everybody happy, I do. Right. It's there's no perfect way. You no. know? it's just like you gotta do deals. Right. You just gotta do volume. Yeah. Just more volume. So you're twenty five. Yeah. What's the five year plan? Where do you want to be in five years? For the next five years, what's the go-to to to get to? I mean, I keep writing it down and trying to like visualize how I'm
0: gonna get to a billion dollars in rentals in five years, but it's really hard. Really hard. You know, like unless I get that model down very soon in the next few months and it really scales fast, it's gonna be extremely difficult for me to get to a billion dollars in five years. Uh, But that's what I'm shooting for. I'd like to get into, I'd like to have a billion dollars worth of real estate in
1: five years from now. Do you see yourself doing that residential properties after residential properties, or do you think you're gonna to have to eventually, I, don't, I mean, maybe you even do this now, get into the multi-unit, you know, 10-unit, 20-unit. No, I'm there already. You're doing all
0: those already? Yeah, I've, I've been doing that. I'm already a, like a, well over a year and a half into commercial, mixed-use, larger-scale multifamily. Do you feel that is a better route to go than the residential properties, or do you think- I, which, I mean, when you deal with big money, you make bigger money. You know, right. it's. I mean, it's it's not rocket science. Like as much as anybody wants to counter that, you know, if you're going to say, I'm going to be a billionaire from buying houses, then you got to buy a, a dam of lot of houses. houses. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to buy a lot of houses and that's big money, you know, and then there's hedge funds or PE firms that are buying $1 billion deal and raising the value on that by let's say 20%. They have a, you know, a $200 million net. That's right. big money. Right. You know, they just hyper-focused it on one property rather mm-hmm. than 5,000. But everybody does something different. It's just a matter of, what you're comfortable with and happy with. I'm getting comfortable with bigger deals. I like bigger deals, and every mom and pop is in small
1: houses now. Right. It's hyper competitive, it's intense. Sure. I, I feel like everybody's just watching everything on YouTube, everything on social media, and they're like, okay, I'll just buy one of these. Everyone else is buying them. Everybody
0: loves bigger pockets. I've never even been on the bigger pockets website. And everybody loves it. My buddy loves it. I've never been on it myself, but he talks about it every time I talk to him. I hear about it all the time, and I'm so happy that people have a resource, but it's just, uh, it's like, it's so competitive now. So getting into bigger deals is less competitive, and it's, you know, it's all about the numbers, so I'm I'm thoroughly
1: enjoying that. No, that's awesome. So, five year plan. How many houses, how many many properties you gotta buy to get there? A lot. A lot more? (laughs) Depends on the size. Depends on the size. So if anybody has a deal that they want to reach out to you about, uh, they have an investment that maybe you know they don't want to do on their own, they want to possibly talk to you about doing it with you, what's the best way they find you, how they get a hold of you, You know, all that good stuff. So my Instagram is at
0: Alana Avgi, A-L-L-O-N-A-V-G-I. I have my email on there. I post all the time. I answer almost every DM that I get. Uh, he does. That's how I got him. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, that's the best way to reach me. My email is alonaavgi at gmail.com. Super simple. Yeah. I I respond to everybody and uh, I would love to even help guide people on their deals. If you have a deal that I could work on, that would be awesome.
1: Uh, Just keep growing and connecting. No, that's awesome. And everybody that if you're looking just to get some value and you don't want to reach out because you're nervous, whatever, check out his YouTube page. I was on there two days ago just watching some of your videos. Very, you know, good information you know nice. definitely could for the average person that wants to learn but is scared to ask questions it's a great place i feel to start at least you do give out some good content for them to get their feet wet so again you know check it. what's your youtube how do they hold on after you just type in my name all right my simple Alana, all across the board <laughs> yeah that's it and uh, if you're looking to sell any properties or you're looking to buy anywhere on long island nassau county suffolk county queens uh reach out to me Give me a call, 516-732-6398. Again, my team is always ready. We are ready to deploy anywhere we need to be. If you have any real estate-related questions, what's going on in the market, again, feel free to reach out to us anytime. We'll be more than happy to help. Until then, it's a wrap.
0: Josh, thanks for having me, man. Thanks.
1: Appreciate
0: it.